Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine, the podcast about disease prevention and health promotion from the Office of Integrative Medicine and Health at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. I'm Dr. Lee Frame, Director of the Integrative Medicine Programs here at GW. And I'm Janet Rodriguez, the Office's Administrative Director. Today, we're joined by Dahlia Collada, founder and formulator at Salve Naturals, a national, all-natural, and organic topical medicine company that was the first to make 100% natural, plant-based topical medicines that are registered with the FDA as OTCs. Salve's mission is to promote healthier and sustainable living by creating clean and cruelty plant-based topicals that actually work. Salve also provides community education on disease prevention. Dahlia is a graduate of the GW School of Medicine and Health Sciences, where she earned a Master of Science in Health Sciences with a focus in integrative medicine. Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine, Dahlia. Hey there. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you, especially as a graduate. Yes, me too. I'm honored. Thanks a lot for for thinking about me to do this. (laughs) Of course. So topical plant-based medicine, why do people go for topical plant-based medicines over prescription or OTC and and what is it? What is a natural plant-based medicine? Natural plant-based medicine is basically using anything that grows in the yard or in the field or on a tree or in a nut or a seed to um, use the components for medicinal purposes. So it's all traditional medicine, basically. You know, you see this all across um, Eastern countries and throughout Europe and Middle Ages. They were making, you know, salves and poultices out of plants and grinding them up and making medicine out of it. So I wanted to create a, a brand where we're creating the same kind of concept, but Western, westernized, kind of bringing back the old school medicine. So do you think part of the appeal of this is that it is actually something they were are people were already using traditionally? I believe so. I think I think there's an awakening now of going back to look at traditional medicines and seeing how we can utilize some of these, you know, historically used successful medicines like folklore medicine today, you know, I think people are trying to look for more natural plant-based products because they haven't had success with traditional drugs. Um, sometimes they take in, you know, ingestible medicines or topical steroids for issues and they're just not seeing success. So whether they're looking for consumable plant-based medicines and supplement form or topicals, um, I do think that people are definitely seeking this because they just might think it works better or just works at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have run out of options in, in your opinion with the the Western mainstream world. Once you've gone to steroids, there's not really much beyond that. Um, And so they're frustrated and and trying to go backwards to what has worked in the past for maybe centuries. Yeah, exactly. I I think that the biggest concern that people come to me about, uh, they're looking for a solution for eczema. Um, whether it's for them or their children. And I explain that like from an integrative medicine approach, we need to evaluate why someone has these issues. You can put products all day long, whether Mm. it's a prescription or a natural product, and it may help, but it will likely recur unless you get to the source of the problem. Those issues are usually gut or allergens or nutrient deficiencies, stress. You know, there's a long list of things that can cause eczema an extremely good point. A lot of times there's some sort of inflammatory process underlying that. And like you're saying, if you just keep putting a cream on top, then that's just a Band-Aid solution. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe products like that can help you heal more quickly once you find the other solution. 
I think I personally think so. But at the same time, if we create a natural topical ointment, it's still a band-aid, like you're saying. It's just, it's the same as an OTC or prescription medicine, but what's what's going to stop the problem from reoccurring? We can put band-aids all day long, but what's the, how do we fix the problem really from the inside out? I love that. Um, that's definitely the integrated perspective. We're, we're trying to get the root cause of the disease, um, but making you comfortable in the process, making sure that your skin isn't flaring up in, in eczema uh, while we're trying to figure that out. That's right. Yeah. So I have to ask you, one of the biggest trends in yeah. topicals or in, in beauty right now, uh, if you've gone to Sephora or any drugstore, you will see it everywhere. It's CBD. Yep. What is with CBD? It's a fad. Um, some would say it's here to stay. <laughs> you know, that, that's my biggest customer right now. So I need to be careful what I say. But, it's, you know, I, I think that there's uh, an awareness of, you know, going back to plant-based medicine again, looking at cannabis and uh, trying to see how we can extract compounds that can provide some health benefits. Um, you know, everyone knows about the smokable marijuana and THC and CBD and all that. Um, but the, the thing now is people are trying trying to create the same or similar benefit using topical products. Um, so I've seen an evolution in my business. We're eight years old, 2012. We started in 2012. Um, so I've seen an evolution in the past year with regard to CBD topicals. Mind you, we do not create CBD products. One of the services that we offer is to custom formulate topical bases for hemp farmers and CBD extractors to add their own CBD material that they either brand or offer as private label themselves. But a year ago, it seemed like everyone only wanted salves, but until we still getting requests for salves, we are still getting requests for salves, but lately there's been a huge increase for us to formulate high-end prestige brand, plant-based anti-aging and beauty care products like what would go into Sephora, like you're saying, we actually have a customer that's trying to get into Sephora um, using our products and then they add CBD to it. So it is definitely a thing. Um, and I get phone calls every day. I want something for aging skin. I want something for dry skin, or I've got somebody with acne and I know that the CB, CBD product will help with that. So it's, it's kind of exciting to join this, this trendy thing that's happening um, and just kind of roll with the punches. It's, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Well, there's definitely some science behind that that's that's coming. Um, I know the interim director of the or chair of the Department of Dermatology here at GW actually um, recently did a piece about the use of CBD topicals in skin inflammation and in eczema. Mm -hmm. um, so there's emerging research saying that maybe it does actually have something to it, but mm -hmm. not for anti-aging. So is that due to a lack of research or do you think that we're to be just quite looking honest, it wrong? This is that fad thing coming up. It's mm -hmm. that marketing ploy. Let me just use that buzzword and get people to buy our product, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, these products are premium products are really high end to begin with. And then you add an expensive ingredient like CBD. It's just like, wow, it's fashionable, I guess you could say. Got it. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense, particularly with my knowledge of skincare. Um, that seems to be how it works. And it's constantly evolving. At one point, it was argan oil. And now mm -hmm. that's kind of passe. And um, we, we, all, we had various different oils and ingredients that kind of come and go, as you're saying, as a fad. Um, but I guess what sticks is what is actually mm -hmm. coming out in terms of it's working or we have exactly. uh, literature behind it. 
Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing literature behind this. I think it'll support the efficacy of not only CBD, but using plant-based topicals as a solution for pain and eczema and a variety of other ailments that people are complaining about. Um, I had a request this week about putting um, a type of compound from cannabis that will help with preventing or reducing the amount of acne. But again, going back to our previous discussion, it's just a band-aid, right? So Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see um, how data will present itself over the time to see, you know, is it something that's more underlying or can these things be addressed topically? Absolutely. So when you're making your products, what makes it difficult to, to make a natural product? And, and is, does that have anything to do with why they tend to be more expensive? Um, that's a great question. When we look into making a product, we try to source the best quality ingredients we can find. And because they're plant-based, we really go down to like, what's the growing season like? We're literally working with farmers to get materials. So what is the growing season like? Did you have a bad rain season? You know, did your crop get damaged? Was there a fire? How much crop is available? Um, the time that I order the materials, is that something that was recently harvested or is it from previous season? So there's a lot of factors on um, the material itself being costly, but also the availability being a challenge too. Very interesting. And does any of that have to do with the natural versus synthetic difference? Definitely. Um, I think people are wanting to have the natural product and availability of that is a little bit more scarce uh, versus synthetic. You can make it 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're in Arctic temperatures or in the middle <laughs> of the rainforest, you can make that stuff. Um, so yeah, there's availability is really what comes down to price. Um, but also you'll notice that smaller companies are the ones that are producing natural products. Um, and the larger companies are trying to make a dollar, right? So they're mass consuming products to get greater market share. So it's a, a definitely a marketing ploy, but a natural skincare manufacturer really cares about the ingredients, what's going in them, the source of them. Um, and then just providing you with a quality product that you're going to come back for. It's, they're not just trying to do an exchange of goods and services. They're just, they want loyalty and that's what, that's what we want. Dahlia, how is, has COVID-19 affected your supply chains? Oh, big time. I think the biggest issue is shipping lead times. Um, man, things sit in customs for a long, long time before they get here. Right. Um, mm. So we, we do a lot out of India. They have a really great farming um, industry out there for some really remarkable organic ingredients out of India. Um, so that's one of our largest uh, suppliers. Um, and so we'll, we'll place an order. They have the product, but then it just sits for a month or a month and a half in three different countries before before we get it. So there's definitely a delay. I've also noticed delays in packaging, um, making, making sure we can have packaging available um, just because of shipping and manufacturing processes have been delayed all over the place. So it's been mm-hmm. a challenge. So since I've introduced the the COVID word, um, (laughs) shame, shame. (laughs) I know, I know. Um, So my hands uh, are constantly chapped because I've become quite OCD about washing them. Uh Um, I've cut back on my uh, use of, um, you know, the alcohol stuff. What do you call that stuff? Sanitizer. Yes, the hand sanitizer. Um, And... uh, I'm seeing some improvement, but 
you know, it's like, uh, normally I would lotion up. Mm-hmm. I have all types of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I'm kind of like, why lotion up when I'm going to have to, you know, wash my Wash hands off. in, you know, two minutes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what is your advice for skincare during COVID-19? And, and what are people asking you for? And Well, I will say what you're doing is damaging your skin <laughs> by putting all those things on your, not only is there an issue of antibiotic resistance, which, you know, is a big deal to me personally, but you're actually damaging the oil production on the skin, which is why you're dry. So you have to replenish that oil. If you're putting a lotion on, you're using an oil and water emulsion. So it's usually at least 50 to 60% or more water content. Water's good, but it evaporates. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you to try something like from the grocery store. Like my favorite thing is avocado oil. (laughs) just go buy some avocado oil and rub it on. It's a great humectant, keeps moisture in. It's very soothing and conditioning to the skin and it stays on. Um, It's a great moisturizer. I highly encourage that. I mean, why go buy, I'm doing a going against my own business, but why go buy (laughs) ingredients and go buy cosmetic formulas when you can just go buy a plant extract, you know, go get some oil. Right, well, save your products for like before bed when they're going to sit there all night. Yeah. Well, I like to use mine from a medicinal perspective. Um, if you're trying to like put it all over your body, just go buy all of, well, go buy avocado oil. I don't like coconut. Coconut will clog your pores and just not mm-hmm. absorb. Um, olive oil stinks. I think the best is uh, avocado or almond oil. Ooh, almond but, oil smells good. Yeah. Okay. What do we, what do we think about grapeseed oil? Grapeseed oil is good. It's very similar to the sebum that we produce naturally on the skin, much like jojoba. Um, Mm -hmm. They're they're very similar types of oil that we naturally produce. It'll absorb well. It's a great massage type oil. You can use it all over your face. Um, Excellent. I just bought a big bottle of it. (laughs) It's a a great product. For cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, those are really great tips. And I think particularly... Um, in times one hour where we're all very stressed and perhaps stressed financially, having some cost-saving measures is always good. Mm -hmm. You know, Dahlia, we forgot to ask you the most important question. Yeah. How did you get into this? Oh, Oh, gosh. (laughs) This is a complicated question. I started the business in 2012. I've always been an entrepreneur. My background is actually in marketing and product development. Um, so I spent 20 something years dot, 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 uh, doing marketing and, um, I was faced with a couple issues. Um, one was I was diagnosed with a degenerative cornea disease and was basically told, uh, you're going to need some transplants here soon. And, you know, when you're young at the time I was young, um, it's depressing and you kind of go through this like crisis of, well, what the heck am I going to do to support myself? I can't sit here and depend on my eyes to do marketing all day long for everybody else. So I went through a little depressive state with that. And then at the same time, um, I was going through an issue with my, uh, my (laughs) HPA access. Um, so my stress, stress, uh, response system was just not functioning properly. And at that time, somebody I was working with was, 
introduced, basically said, you know, you should go try my naturopath. And I said, well, what the, what the heck is a naturopath? <laughs> I had no idea, but I was open to it because I was to the point where I, where I really felt like I was going to go check myself into a hospital. I, I really felt that bad. It was a big deal. Plus the eye thing on top of that, it was just like a slap from this direction, slap from that direction, let me push you down. So it was, uh, it was rough. And, um, the naturopath, um, introduced, um, you know, whole food supplements to me and different techniques of nutrition. And, um, till this day, I I always felt like that experience saved me. Um, and I've been sort of obsessed with plant-based medicine ever since. And, um, and I also have my own issues like with tendonitis and, you know, cause I can't walk properly, but, um, so I, it's a combination of multiple things, mostly me having issues wanting to solve them naturally. Mm-hmm. And so from the topical medicine perspective, it came about with, okay, well, I wanted to create a, a medis- topical medicine line, I, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. Here we go. So I like natural medicine. Um, I've never made products before. And um, I had an experience when I was in Europe and I have really debilitating tendonitis that occurred in my feet because I have a terrible gait. And I had a flare up and I went to, uh, they're really big into plant-based medicine over there. I don't know if you guys have been mm-hmm. to England, um, mm-hmm. but I had, a, had an incident and I went into a little apothecary over there and it's like, you need this and you need this. So I went back to my <laughs> hotel and I put it on. I'm like, holy shnikes. I love this stuff. <laughs> I said, I, 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 this is amazing. I like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what, what is this? So I said, I have to, I have to go get some more. So I went back there and I said, well, can you mail this to the U S? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they don't because of the way they brand it. FDA won't allow it. Yeah. So I created my own version. Uh, we, we, I call it achy, but it's for really, <laughs> it's for muscle pain, joint pain and tendonitis and issues like that. So I mean, like all the products that I make that are medicinal, I really made them for me because <laughs> I have all these problems <laughs> and I'm just sharing them with everybody. But Yeah. So that's how, so it's a combination of my health crises, introducing me to plant-based medicine, combining it with, you know, what am I going to do if I can't use my eyes? And hey, uh, necessity there we go. is the mother of invention, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I never in a million years thought I'd be making topical medicine or skincare ever. It never, ever, ever crossed my mind. It's just one day. And then I had a dream with the name that came to me in a dream. And there we go. It started, started the whole thing. Now you can't go back. You should see our lab. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) So Dahlia, what is, what is next for you? What are you looking forward to in the future? I know that we've talked a little bit about research, so I'm thinking that's in there, but uh, what are your plans? You know, at this point, the COVID thing kind of disrupted all my vision for what I had had in mind for this year. Uh, We were looking at moving into a facility that got thrown to the ground. Um, We had some really big projects, international projects that we were working on that got thrown to the ground. So at this point, I'm just going to roll with the punches um, yes, everyone's got these, you have to have a goal, have to have a goal. My goal is just to keep my people employed and keep yeah. my business going. And that's, I can only do that right now. Um, ideally I'd like to develop, um, we're in the process of creating more brands under the self natural company. We've got multiple brands that we're putting out. Um, but ideally my, my objective here is to grow our business from a B2B perspective and continue custom formulating and providing people with awesome products. 
That sounds like a great yeah. goal. And I, you are not alone in that. I think we we could all say that our, our vision and our goal has been disrupted by COVID, um, but it's all in how you handle it. And it sounds like you have a great perspective and a good plan. Yeah. It's, it's good teamwork too. You know, it's everyone knowing that there's a crisis happening and like, look at the unemployment. Everyone wants to, to work. And everyone has that as their motivation. So I I have a fantastic team. I couldn't ask for a better group of people to work with me. And I'm very blessed. And, you know, with their their attitude and and their commitment, we're going to get through this just fine. I'm not worried about it. That's great. Positive attitude, also really important. Definitely. Hey, Dahlia, how did you find GW's integrative medicine programs? Well, I was going to the word, the path of looking for becoming a naturopathic doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, this, I'm in Houston, Texas. So I was looking at ver- a variety of schools, um, in the U S and in Canada, Toronto actually. And, uh, there's great programs all over the country, except, uh, they, they're, you know, they, they're traditional physician type classes where you go in, you have your clinic, you have your medical school program basically. Um, and me being in Houston and having this business, I couldn't work. I couldn't do this program remotely. Um, so I was looking mm-hmm. for a solution that met my interest, completely met my interest. Um, that wasn't just fluff. I wasn't doing, I wasn't pursuing this degree just to get a degree. That wasn't it for me. It was completely personal development. Um, and you know, I'm not using it to promote anything. I'm just using it for my education. And if I can provide educated responses to people who are coming to me for, you know, medical questions or why should, you know, eczema, for example, perfect example, people come to me for all kinds of really weird things. I want to be able to back that up with, you know, science evidence-based, you know, logic. Um, and I, I'm really excited about my experience at GW. I, I, every single class provided outstanding perspective that I never had before. And I, I loved every minute of it. It was hard. You guys kicked my butt. There's no question about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I have That's to true. read 12 pages in one hour. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It was rough. It took me a long time to get through it because I'm so busy, but I'm, I'm truly grateful for the opportunity. And again, I learned things that I would never self-teach myself outside of this program. It was fantastic. I loved it. The whole thing was awesome. Oh, that's music to my ears. I love it. Uh, and it's it's true. You know, it's, it's a difficult program because there's so much to learn. How could you learn all of this in, yeah. in, in two years? Um, but oh, it took I, me three and a half years to get through this program. Yeah. And that's totally okay, right? That's the great thing about having an online remote program is you can self-pace it and you can be a full-time employed or even own your own business like you and, and get through it. Yep. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you had such a great experience. That's definitely what we are trying to do. We, we don't want to uh, totally overwhelm you, but we're trying to get as much information to you as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, the amount of content information and resources are just outstanding. I, I, I'm, I've saved everything. I went class by class and I saved all the links, all the conversations I had, all the feedback I got from instructors. I have like a repertoire of materials now I can go back and reference. And um, I've actually created presentations uh, that I share with the community out here in Houston when we do like integrative medicine classes. I, I leverage a lot of my education and, you know, things that I've learned in this program. I mean, really happy with it, honestly. It's oh, great that's program. great. I love to yeah. hear that, uh, you know, we're training the trainers. You're going out there and, and yeah. spreading the, the education to others. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. I couldn't be happier. Well, I think that might be all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Dahlia. 
Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You rock. <laughs> oh, you rock too. Thanks. Thanks for working with us to make this happen. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to happy to get on anytime you want to chat. No worries at all. All right. This is the GW Integrative Medicine Podcast from the GW Office of Integrative Medicine and Health. I'm Dr. Lee Frame. And I'm Janet Rodriguez. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.